you can open your Bible to Ecclesiastes. Dis prediker in Afrikaans, Psalm, Psalms, Spreke, Prediker. Ecclesiastes, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes chapter 4. Ecclesiastes 4 verse 9. And we will be reading to verse 12. Prediker 4, verse 9 to 12. And the theme, uh, continuing the series on interpersonal problems, and tonight then, friendship. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Blessed Lord and God, eternal and almighty creator of all things visible and invisible, we bow before you as the Most High. And Lord, we confess our sins to you. For how can we, sinful creatures, sinful men and women, come loosely and flippantly before a holy God? And we know our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. We come to you in the name of Jesus and pray that you would now accept us and that your Spirit would come and speak to us from the Word and write into our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. John Bunyan wrote a book called The Pilgrim's Progress. Many of you know that book. And in the book, as he's traveling from the city of destruction on his way to the celestial city, the heavenly city, he goes through a very dark valley. And when he's, when he's passed through the valley, he meets a, a friend called Faithful. So that he's not alone on the rest of his journey. But then they come to Vanity, Vanity Fair, a city. And the people in Vanity Fair hate the Christian message. They hate Jesus. They hate the gospel. And so they kill faithful. And now Christian has no friend anymore. No longer has a friend. And as he's traveling, as he leaves this, the, the city called Vanity Fair, he meets another friend called Hopeful. And when they are caught by giant despair or giant depression and they're locked up in his castle called Doubting Castle, it's hopeful. It helps, it helps Christian to not lose hope. <laughs> and eventually they escape from the castle. And he has this friend called Hopeful until they get to the heavenly city. They go through the river of death together and they come to the shore of the new Jerusalem. Do you have a faithful, do you have a hopeful in your life? Do you have a Christian friend? Well, if you do, how do you strengthen such a friendship? And if you don't, how do you make a friend like that? And this is what we'll see in these verses. 
Ecclesiastes 4, Redeker 4, verse 9. Two are better than one, because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow, but woe to him who is alone when he falls and has not another to lift him up. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. So, some benefits we see from Christian friendship. Number one is reward of ballooning in Afrikaans. Verse 9, reward. So let's take two friends. Hmm. Who will I pick on? Can we say, let's say Sean and Francois. Okay, Francois is not with us tonight. Or you can say Alvain and Chris. Let's say Sean is working, doing a job, and Francois does a job, and you add the sum total of what they've accomplished, what they've accomplished, or Chris and Alvain. Well, it's X amount. But if Francois and Sean work together, or Alvain and Chris, they'll accomplish more than just Alvain working alone, Chris working alone, and you put the sum total. If they work together, that total will be even more. So together you'll accomplish more than simply if you work alone, I work alone, let's add them together. And that's what you see in verse 9. Actually, we can start in verse 8. One person who has no other, either son or brother, yet there's no end to all his toil. He keeps on working, working, working. And his eyes are never satisfied with riches, so that he never asks, for whom am I toiling and depriving myself of pleasure? For what am I doing this? Because he's got no one to leave it to. He hasn't got friends. This also is vanity and an unhappy business. Verse 9. Two are better than one, because they have a good reward for their toil. <clears throat> and not only, not only will it will it uh, double the effectivity or the effectiveness of your work, it will double the happiness. It will double the happiness. You don't sit at the fireplace in the winter, if you have a fireplace in your home, a kachel, you don't have to sit there alone drinking coffee. Now you've got someone to share it with. You can share it with a friend. Now I don't mean you have to be married. You can be single and still have this. What I do mean is you need friends. You need friends. Like in verse 8, this guy has no friends. But verse 9, two are better than one. You have friends. And you don't only have friends to sit at the fireplace and drink coffee. So it's not only for having friends you can spend time with. Or if you can lack a song, you need friends so that you can have a spiritual input in one another's lives. You have friends so you can encourage one another in the Lord. And we see this, for instance, um, in friendships we know of. And maybe your own friendship. Sometimes it happens unknowingly, unbewusstelijk. Like my friend Yanni and I, Yanni Foslu in Paris. Yanni has done many things in my life, but he didn't know he's doing it. And I have done the same to him and for him. So we've influenced one another. So it can happen unknowingly, or it can happen on purpose. Like Ansi and her, and her friend Hanali. On purpose, 
They are reading Christian books together to encourage one another in the Lord and spur one another on in the Lord. Find yourself a Anali. <laughs> Find yourself a Yani. Find yourself a Christian friend. Work together for the Lord. Serve together in the church. Read Christian books together. Um, pray together. Pray for one another. Now maybe you, you're far away. You can do it on WhatsApp video call. We've got the technology today. My friend Yanni and I, when he was still in Boxburg, he was a pastor in Boxburg before he moved to Paris. Him and I would meet once a month on a Monday and spend from 9 in the morning till 4 in the afternoon praying and reading and listening to sermons and reading through books of the Bible. We would spend the day in fasting and prayer. So get yourself a friend like that. Um, Dad, will you read 1 Samuel 23, verse 16 to 18, please? 1 Samuel 23, verse 16 to 18. <clears throat> Thank you for helping me this morning, Rulf. Rulf did this for me this morning. It's the first time in my life we've had a tag team sermon. <laughs> Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you, Amelia. All right, well, uh, you can just sit there, it's on. You can just sit and read, it's fine. It's on. Yeah. Or stand, uh, sit, whatever you want. 1 Samuel 23, verse 16 to 18. Right, 1 Samuel 23, verse 16 to 18. And Jonathan, is that right? And Jonathan, Saul's son, rose and went to David at Horesh and strengthened his hand in God. And he said to him, Do not fear, for the hand of Saul my father shall not find you. You shall be king over Israel, and I shall be next to you. Saul my father also knows this. And the two of them made a covenant before the Lord. David remained at Horesh, and Jonathan went home. Okay, so there's Jonathan. Strengthening David's hand in the Lord. David is discouraged. Get yourself a friend like that, where you can encourage one another, where you see the Apostle Paul telling his young friend Timothy, follow my example, set an example to one another, what it means to love and follow Jesus. Uh, or Hebrews chapter 10 verse 24, we should stir one another up to love and good works. Get yourself a friend and you can do that for one another. Where will you do that the best? What place? Will you find where you can do that best? The church. The church where you meet fellow Christians. It is not by accident that the Bible speaks of Christians as the friends. In 3 John verse 15, 3 15, the friends. Or in Acts chapter 4 verse 23, Peter and the other apostles, Peter and John and the apostles, they went back to their friends. And they called on the Lord. They prayed together when they were in trouble. Now, unbelievers can be your friends. If you want to win them to the Lord, Jesus is called the friend of sinners. So, unbelievers can be your friends if you want to win them to the Lord, but they should not be your best friends. Why not? They'll pull you down. They'll pull you down. 
Deuteronomy 13 verse 6 says that if your friend tells you, let's go and worship other gods. Friends can do that. Or you find a, a very crafty friend, a very clever friend called Jonadab in 2 Samuel 13 verse 3. And, and he influenced Amnon, his friend. They were good friends. And, and Amnon said, I'm in love with my half-sister. And Jonadab helped him to rape her. Terrible friends. You don't want friends like that. He who walks with the wise becomes wise, but a friend of fools will suffer harm. A companion of fools, says Proverbs 13 verse 20. Be among the spices and you will smell of them. Be among smokers and you will smell of them. Be among bad friends and you will smell of them. They will influence you. Make no friend with a man given to anger, lest you learn his ways. He'll influence you. Proverbs 22, verse 24 and 25. Proverbs 23, verse 20 and 21. Do not be friends with gluttons and drunkards. What happens if you're friends with people who drink too much? You'll be like them. You'll become like them. Don't be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. Bad company, bad friendships... Doesn't matter what good values your mom and dad taught you. Those friends will influence you. They'll pull you down. 2 Corinthians 6 verse 14 to 18 speaks of being influenced by bad friends. It, it really speaks about being unequally yoked. And here's an unbeliever and here's a Christian. And the way they influence, the world will influence you. Don't, don't be best friends with them. Don't be friends with the world, says James 4 verse 4. Then, then you make yourself an enemy of God. Now maybe you, you will say to me tonight, that is exactly what I want. I want unbelieving friends. I don't want Christian friends because they just stab you in the back. At least unbelievers stab you in the face. <clears throat> So I want unbelieving friends. You know who hurt me the most? Christian friends. So you might say that. And you might think that way. Um, Psalm 15 verse 3 says that the righteous man does not take up a reproach against his friend. I and say friendni. And now you say, well, that guy said he's a Christian. That was my friend and look what he did and look what she did. You, you, maybe you feel like William Tyndale. <clears throat> William Tyndale had a friend called Henry Phillips. And Henry Phillips was really kind to William Tyndale and made good friends with William Tyndale. But he stabbed him in the back. And he went to the authorities. It was all a trap. It was all a trick to catch William Tyndale. And William Tyndale was burned alive because of Henry Phillips who betrayed him. You know, David was like that. King David, he had friends who betrayed him. There was a friend called Ahithophel, Achitophel. And Ahithophel was David's friend, but he betrayed David. And he stood with Absalom. Maybe, maybe that's who David was talking about in Psalm 41 verse 9. Well, in the Afrikaans it's verse 9. I'm not sure if it's maybe verse 10 in the English, but... But that, maybe that's the friend where he said, that friend has lifted up his heel against me. You know what happens when a horse lifts his heel against you? He kicks you. That was my friend. 
Or maybe in Psalm 55, verse 13 to 15 in the Afrikaans, English in that psalm will be uh, 14, or no, 13. 13 to 15 in Afrikaans, maybe 12 to 14 in the English. And then verse, verse 20 in the English. I think you, you'll just need to check it and see which way around. But in that psalm, he says, it's you, it's you. If it was still an enemy, I could take it. But it's you. You were my friend. We used to worship God together in the temple. You stabbed me in the back. Your words smooth like butter, but they're drawn swords in your heart. You stabbed me in the back, friend. Paul had a friend like that. And it was a Christian. A real Christian. And he wrote one of the books in the Bible. His name is Mark. Mark was Paul's friend. But Mark just dumped them. They were on a mission, missionary journey. And Mark turned around and said, no, this is too hard. And they left. And Paul was sick. Paul was ill. He needed Mark. And Mark just upped and left. And then he was actually the cousin of Barnabas, this Mark, John Mark. And, and then later on, Paul and Barnabas, their friendship split up because of Mark. Because they had a disagreement, an argument about Mark. You can imagine how Paul felt, how Barnabas felt. Other friends, Ruth read for us in, in 2 Timothy chapter 1, Hermonages and Philetus, was it Philetus? Can't remember. Um, in 2 Timothy chapter 1, let me just get it again, where he says, Phygelus, uh, Phygelus and Hermonages, they left me. And then in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 10, Demas, he was my friend. Now he's left me. He's fallen in love with the world. And in 2 Timothy 4, verse 16, I was in court. I stood before the emperor of the Roman Empire, Nero. It was a court case. It was my trial. Who stood by me? No one, Timothy. None of my friends were there. Everyone left me. Jesus had friends like that, right? What were their names? You want to say Peter, James, and John, and the rest. Their names were Ivor, and Timothy, and Quis. We sinners. He's our creator. We turned our backs on him. And oh, how he loved us and saved us. And yes, Peter, James, and John. Peter denied Jesus. Judas betrayed Jesus. Did you, did you ever see that Jesus calls Judas friend in Matthew 26? Friend. When he comes to kiss Jesus, to betray him with a kiss. What do you want, friend? And, and then Jesus had special friends, close friends, but all of them ran away when he was arrested in the garden. And then he had a friend, Peter, who said three times, I do not know him. Listen to what Dane Ortland says in that wonderful little book that some of you got over the weekend, Gentle and Lowly. His friends abandoned him when he needed them most. If Jesus had lived today, every last Twitter follower and Facebook friend would have unfriended him by the age of 33. He who will never unfriend us. Jesus will never unfriend you. Now, unfortunately, it's going to happen, my dear brothers and sisters. 
It's going to happen. Christians are going to hurt you. Just as you and I have hurt other Christians. Listen to what he says in chapter 7. Ecclesiastes 7, verse 21 and 22. Don't take to heart all the things that people say, lest you hear your servant cursing you. Your heart knows. Many times you yourself have cursed others. Don't just say people have hurt you. You've hurt other people too. We've all done it. So it's going to happen. You're not in heaven yet. So don't write off Christians. I have no, I don't want anything. I will not me with Christians to do any. I don't want anything to do with Christians because they hurt you. A, a colleague of mine, also a pastor, he made friends with someone in the congregation, and things went sour. And then he said, "You know, we were taught when we were students at seminary." Don't make friends in the church. You can't make friends if you're the pastor and the pastor's family. And then that colleague of mine said, you know, I realized that that lecturer was right. You shouldn't make friends in the church. I disagree. Even if people hurt you in the church. In 2008, people hurt my wife and I in the church. And we hurt other people. And you know what our conclusion was after that episode? We'll make friends again. And if, if people hurt us again, then at that time and moment, God will give us strength to deal with it and go through it. And I'm sorry that we've hurt people also. That's not right. I'm not saying it's right. But I am saying it's not right to say, I'm not going to make friends again. And even if you and the other person never again become best friends... At least the Lord can help you to restore the relationship. Like Paul, with that same Mark, who just... What's he word with the ksuk? Uh, he disappointed them. Mark disappointed him. And he left Paul. But that very same Mark... Dad, will you find 2 Timothy 4 verse 11? Um, let me just read to you from Colossians 4. Colossians 4 verse 10. Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, greets you, and Mark, the cousin of Barnabas, concerning whom you have received instructions, if he comes to you, welcome him. Paul sorted things out with Mark and with Barnabas. Second Timothy 4 verse 11, please. Okay. Hy moet aanblij. Los om het aan, heel boe. Don't put it off. Second uh, Timothy 4, verse, verse 11. 11. Uh, Paul writes, Luke alone is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you, for he is very useful to me for ministry. Mark is very useful. That's the end of Paul's life. Things got sorted out between Paul and Mark. Praise the Lord. And the Lord can help you to restore those broken friendships. Listen. Christians, brothers, sisters, if we are Christian friends, we are not only friends when the sun shines. We are friends during storms. Proverbs 17 verse 17, a friend loves at all times. My friend Yanni sent that to me last week. My brother and I, we were very good friends. And our friendship wasn't so strong at a certain time in my life 
But I'm so thankful that friendship is restored. It's restored. A friend loves at all times. Again, Dane Ortland. Just talking about Jesus, how he loves as a friend. We love until we are betrayed. Jesus continued to the cross despite betrayal. We love until we are forsaken. Jesus loved through forsakenness. We love up to a limit. Jesus loves to the end. How can you love like that? How can you restore if you have a friendship with someone and things have gone through stormy weather and, and things aren't so good anymore? Well, what you shouldn't do is Proverbs 18 verse 19 where it says that quarreling, streyerei, are like the bars of a castle. It's like a castle gate when people argue with each other. And then you kind of keep someone at an arm's length. And so we're just not friends anymore. Why not rather say, let's sort this out. Let's talk through it. And then make sure you've got all the facts. That's the first thing you want to do. Maybe you're angry at someone or the friendship has been broken, but you don't even know what happened. You heard something. You heard someone told you something. You don't even know all the facts. Will you find Proverbs 18, please, verse 2? Proverbs 18, verse 2. Leave it on. Don't switch it on and off. This Thank is, uh, yeah, it is spreken, eh? Proverbs spreken. Yeah. Spreke. Uh, Proverbs 18, verse, verse two. 2. A fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. You don't even know what happened. You don't want to hear, I don't want to hear what you have to say. Why not? Then you're a fool. Hear what your friend has to say. Verse 13, please. Keep the mic with you. I'm going to give you a number of verses. Uh, Proverbs 18, verse 13. Yeah. If one gives an answer before he hears, it is his folly and shame. Verse 15. An intelligent heart acquires knowledge, and the ear of the wise seeks knowledge. I want to hear. I want to understand. Verse 18. The lot puts an end to quarrels and decides between powerful contenders. Yeah. Okay. So, important. And then also, are you perhaps at least partially guilty? Draai jy deel aan die skuld van die botsing wat gekom het tussen jou en jou vriend? Don't be too proud to acknowledge it. Be humble. And so you know, I was wrong too. Please forgive me when I said this or when I did that. Um, confess your sins to one another, says James 5 verse 16. And then accept it. If your friend has to rebuke you for something and say, you know, my friend, you were wrong here or what you did here or what you said there or the way you're acting is not right, then accept the rebuke. Uh, Psalm 141 verse 5. I'm just going to read that quickly. It says, let a righteous man strike me. It's a kindness. Let him rebuke me. It's oil for my head. Let not my head refuse it. Someone rebuked me in the beginning of the year. One of our church people had to rebuke me for something. And it was sharp. And it was strong. And the person was right. So I need to accept that. Psalm, uh, or Proverbs. Proverbs again. Uh, 27 please. Verse 5 and 6. 27 verse 5 and 6. 
Proverbs 27, verse 5 and 6. Better is open rebuke than hidden love. Verse 6. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Profuse are the kisses of an enemy. Verse 9. Verse 9. Oil and perfume make the heart glad. And the sweetness of a friend comes from his earnest counsel. Mm. 28 verse 23. Whoever rebukes a man will afterward find more favor than he who flatters with his tongue. A real friend will tell you when you're wrong. So accept it. I know it's hard. It's not easy. You know, Pete, uh, Paul, we read this in our family devotions, our family worship in the week. Paul rebuked Peter in front of everyone because Peter was wrong in Galatians 2. And then at the end of Peter's life, he writes, Paul has got great wisdom. The things he has written, he just, more or less, he says, it's wonderful truths that Paul writes. Okay, question for you. Maybe you are right and your friend is wrong. And that's why things went sour between you and your friend won't accept it. What do you do then? Leviticus 19 verse 17. Uh, and Dad, will you take uh, Proverbs 16 verse 28. Uh, in Leviticus 19 verse 17, we read, You shall not hate your brother in your heart. So don't just think about it and stew about it and, and it's brewing in your heart. But you shall reason frankly with your neighbor, lest you incur sin because of him. Go to him and prod it out. Talk through it. Proverbs 16, 16 verse 28. A dishonest man spreads strife and a whisperer separates close friends. 17 verse 9. 17 verse 9 reads as follows. Whoever covers an offense seeks love, but he who repeats a matter separates close friends. You know what my friend did? You know what my friend said? You're just breaking the friendship more and more. You're causing more harm. Go and sit with your friend and talk to him. Don't go and talk to everyone about your friend. Uh, like Job. Job's friends were not good friends. Job's friends gave him bad counsel. What did Job do at the end of his life? He prayed for his friends. Job 42. Pray for your friend. Forgive your friend, as Job did. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 23 and 24, if you know your friend or your brother is angry with you, or angry at you, go to him. And go and talk through the matter. Sort it out. If it's very serious, if he sinned against you, go and talk to him. If he won't listen, bring witnesses and try and help him. If he won't listen, bring it before the church, and so on. Matthew 18. And pray. Ask the Lord. Lord, give me wisdom. Give me wisdom what to say. Help me to be humble. Help me to be gentle. And do everything in your power to bring peace between the two of you, as Romans 12 verse 18 says. Uh, overcome evil with good. Uh, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted. Forgiving each other as God in Christ forgave you. Ephesians 4, 31 and 32. Uh, Colossians 3, verse 12 to 15, same kind of thing. 1 Peter 3, verse 8 to 11, same kind of thing. Uh, love covers a multitude of sins. 1 Peter 4, verse 8. So cover it in love. 
So let's talk through this. Now maybe someone will tell me tonight, or maybe online, you'll tell me, you know, I choose to let the friendship go. I choose, I don't want to restore this friendship. Why? And it's not that you're being nasty or ugly, but the hurt, the hurt is so great. Your friend has hurt you. And you don't want to fix this. You, you choose rather just me and the Lord. I'll just, Jesus will be my friend. I remember someone saying that to me. Not someone who was angry at me, but just someone saying, Ivor doesn't need friends because Jesus is his friend. That's not true. Yes, Jesus is my friend, but I do need friends. God didn't create you to just go through life alone. Even if you're not married, if you're single, God created you to have friends. It's not good that man should be alone, says Genesis 2 verse 18. And in our verse, two are better than one. So that's normal to have friends. Even Jesus, Jesus, the Son of God, Jesus, the perfect man. Did Jesus have friends? Who were Jesus' friends? The twelve apostles. And Peter, James, and John were even closer friends to Jesus. When he went to certain places, he took them along with him. And then Jesus had a best friend. Did you know that? That Jesus had a best friend when he was on earth. And his name was John. Because it says in the Gospel of John over and over, the disciple whom Jesus loved, that special disciple, was his best friend. Lazarus was a friend of Jesus. We read in John 11 verse 11. Can I make a statement and it might hurt you? And if it does hurt you, I'm going to give you a solution to the hurt and because it hurt me when I heard this in 2008. There is something spiritually wrong if you don't have friends. There's something spiritually wrong with you if you don't have friends. And I remember hearing that in 2008. And I knew I didn't have, many, well, I didn't have any friends in the church. And I knew something's wrong, not with all of them. Something's wrong here. Proverbs 18 verse 1. He who isolates himself, he who keeps himself aside. If you keep yourself aside all the time. He who isolates himself seeks his own desire. He breaks out against all sound judgment. Something's wrong. And Wayne Mack actually made this statement in our counseling class in 2008. He said... Show me someone who doesn't have friends and I'll show you someone who lacks the fruit of the Holy Spirit. So let me help you now. I remember telling an elder that in 2009. I said to him, you know, I feel that I don't attract people. I, re- I push people away by, by the way I am, by, because of my personality. And my character. So here's the help I'm going to give you. Help that I received. Pray. Galatians 5. Verse 22 and 23. For yourself. And pray it every day. Lord help me to be like this. The fruit of the Spirit is love. Joy. Peace. Patience. Kindness. Goodness. Faithfulness. Gentleness. Self-control. Lord help me to be like this. And then get yourself a friend who will be honest enough with you to tell you what is it in you. If it's your character that's pushing people away, your personality, ask that friend, be honest with me. Tell me what is it in me that pushes people away and then ask that friend to pray for you. 
a pastor, some of you know him, Joel James, a pastor in Pretoria. He told one of his church members, he told this story to us in a preaching course. He told one of his church members, straight, do you know why people avoid you? It's because you talk too much. And that friend, that person, that church member, now saw the problem and he could work at it. And the Lord helped him and he made friends. You are robbing yourself of spiritual growth and of blessing if you don't have friends. All of us need friends. All of us need Proverbs 27, verse 17. Iron sharpens iron. So one man sharpens his, the face of another, sharpens his friend. Friend is We need that. Morris Roberts says, The more we are with ourselves, the more we become like ourselves. It's only when we come back into the circle of our godly friends once again that we realize how awkward or else opinionated we have become as Christians. Number two, support. That's in verse 10. Now, can I do something very unusual and very strange tonight? Because I need some breath. All right, so we'll continue next week, and that'll be at verse 10. And I'm halfway with my notes next Sunday night. Continue. Let's, let's pray. Oh Lord, we thank you for the truth of your word and thank you for giving us grace to come this far in the preaching of the word tonight and for at least learning, although some may feel hopeless now and say, but I don't have friends. And I see there's some errors and sins in my character. Oh Lord, if those who have the best friends and the most friends have flaws and sin in their character. It is only Jesus we look to, the perfect friend, the friend of sinners. Thank you that you are our friend, Lord, and that you care for us. And I pray that you would sustain and strengthen us in the inner man and help us then to Search our own hearts this week, but do not overdo it so we get all depressed, seeing all our sin, but looking to the best friend, Jesus our Lord, and finding comfort and hope that you will help us to build friendships and even restore friendships that have been broken or damaged or, or gone sour, and that you will be honored. In all of this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.